are listening to the Christian Bookworm Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. I show up here to talk to you about all things bookish and to share fiction, nonfiction, and children's book selections written by and for Christians. I love reading good books, and I love helping you find good books too. Let's dive in. This is episode 33, and I'm so glad you are here. As always, you can find the links to all the books and anything else I talk about on our show notes page, www.authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes.html. Hi, bookworms. I am so excited to chat with you today. My mom and I recently had a really great bookish conversation that I could not wait to put on the podcast. So over the last couple years, um, truthfully, just from listening to other book podcasts, I have really started to learn specifically what it is I like in a book. And it is now very rare for me to read a book that I just can't stand. Um, I know what I like, and I know how to find what I like. And this conversation my mom and I had really, to me, kind of um, embraced that. And I just thought that I should share it because I'm sure that a lot of you are still trying to figure out what exactly you like in a book. So we've talked on the show before about plot-driven versus character-driven novels, but for a quick recap, um, a plot-driven novel is all about the plot. What happens next, and then what happens next, and then what happens next, and what did that cause? Whereas a character-driven novel is all about what happened to the character's fears or anxieties, ideas, um, what happened in this person's heart or mind as a result of whatever the plot was. Uh, A character-driven novel can truly take place in one scene. You could find 400 pages worth of novel that all took place on an airplane ride because it's going to be filled with memories and thoughts and ideas, maybe conversations, some flashbacks, and it's all going to show us how everything connects and works together and how that moves through this person. It doesn't always happen all in one scene, but it could. So a really good novel is typically a combination of the two, and maybe you can picture it like a sliding scale um, when you're editing a photo where you have one sliding scale over the other, and you can determine just how much plot and just how much character is driving this novel a pretty good mixture, or, you know, a good mixture of both tends to make a really good novel that most people can enjoy, regardless of which side they tend to fall on. Okay, so today let's talk about tone. My mom is Cindy. She's from episode 6 and 28, our Christmas episodes, and she and I have a little bit of overlap in our reading tastes, but not a whole lot. Um, especially when it comes to our fiction. We don't have a ton of overlap. And so we recently joked that my mom likes books that feel more like the Hallmark Channel Network, and I like books that feel more like the Lifetime Network. Um, and, And both are an exaggeration and a joke, but it was just a really interesting realization to me Um, or not necessarily a realization, but a reminder. And I wanted to chat about that. So you could take any plot line and it could sound like something my mom and I would both like. So just making something up, I'm going to say 
Um, the book is about a woman who is restoring an old barn and turning it into a cottage to use as an Airbnb, as a bed and breakfast. So my mom wants to sit down and feel happy each time she picks this book up. She wants it to feel pleasant and lighthearted. She might really enjoy it if um, this woman decided to be independent or to save money and do her own plumbing and had a disaster that flooded the whole yard um, as long as it was written in a way that was kind of funny and humorous and lighthearted. She might like it if a crotchety neighbor showed up and attempted to get the city to shut her down, but she baked him cookies and had a chat with him and realized he was just lonely and now they're buddies and he supports her. Or she might like to see, you know, a little neighbor kid who's always hanging around and they become fast friends. These are the types of elements that she might find enjoyable, but that I would find to be kind of a nuisance to the heart of the story that I'm looking for. Neither one of us is wrong. We're just, we like different things. She wants lighthearted, playful, maybe even funny. If a book says funny on the review anywhere, I am not going to read it. I don't like funny books. I'm, I don't shy away from books that make me cry. My mom would not intentionally pick up a book that she knows is going to make her cry. I really want to see the character take a life journey. And I want to see the way it affects their heart and their mind. And I want to be able to um, draw, just to find similarities between whatever journey they're experiencing and some of the journeys I have gone through or am currently on in my own life. And so again, neither of us is wrong. We just like different things. My version of that story might look more like each time this woman is taking a sledgehammer to a wall, it feels like this cathartic experience where she's breaking down barriers that she's put around her heart because of something that happened in her past. And I want to see that when this structure is completed and she's starting on this new chapter in her life, she realizes that she never had to stay in that place. She could move to this new chapter in her heart and in her mind as well. And that we're new every day. These are the types of things I want to see in my books where my mom might feel bogged down by that. Whereas I kind of feel bogged down if I don't get that. I sort of feel like, okay, where's the, the meat and potatoes, if you will. I just thought that was a really neat conversation. And it reminded me that um, we all have such different reading tastes. And we're all looking for different things. And we all want something different out of the books we read. And so even though I do read for pleasure and enjoyment... Um, reading is a fun pastime for me. I also primarily read because I want to feel something. I want to experience something that grows me, that changes me, that helps me to reflect on elements of my own life and my own story. So there you go. Okay, based on that, I want to read you a book recommendation my mom typed up for me. We have both read books by this same author, and I always really like the plot this author comes up with. And I always end up feeling a little bit um, 
like I'm missing something when I read her books. And she's a good writer. She's a prolific writer. There's truly nothing at all wrong with her writing. It's just simply not my favorite style that I'm looking for. So I thought it would be really neat to um, share this because it is what my mom is looking for. Okay, this book is Dating, Dining, and Desperation by Melody Carlson. And here is what my mom wrote. Daphne leaves her life in the big city behind after writing for the New York Times to settle down as an advice columnist called Dear Daphne in the small cozy town of Appleton, the location of her lovely estate left to her by her late Aunt Dee with one stipulation. Daphne must marry if she wants to keep her inheritance. Daphne has quite an interesting journey while searching for a way around the marriage requirement and finally accepting the firm parameters of the inheritance demands to reluctantly searching for her Mr. Right. There are moments of uproarious laughter and tender moments of tears as she falls in love with the small town and its kind-hearted residents. Now, if only she can fall in love with Mr. Right and have him fall in love with her, too. The author gives each prominent character a unique and endearing quality, making the reader feel as if they have jumped into the pages and have also become part of the lovable community of Appleton. I loved the Christian values displayed throughout her writing. Romance novels are always my go-to for leisure reading, and Melody Carlson will now become one of my go-to authors. I am looking forward to reading the entire Dear Daphne series. Okay, so I just thought I would point out some of those buzzwords. There are moments of uproarious laughter. And to me, I'm thinking, next, not something I'm looking for. But for her, this was perfect and just what she wanted. Um, I think I've read three or four other Melody Carlson books before. But one of them, I can't remember what it was called, and I just couldn't find it in my Goodreads um, because I was in a hurry. So I'm going to tell you um, about one, two of them. Um, one I read really recently was The Happy Camper. And this, um, actually maybe this is why I came up with our fake plotline idea now that I think about it, but this is a story about a young woman who is restoring an old Airstream trailer and making it kind of her little tiny home. Um, so again, I liked the plot line, but um, for me, it wasn't bringing me the, I guess, emotional satisfaction I was hoping for. So I just recently told my mom that I think she would like that book, and I especially think she would like the Christmas book, The Christmas Joyride. Also RV-themed. I have a thing for RVs. Um, this one is about a woman whose life kind of gets on upended, and so she's therefore totally available, um, conveniently, on the same day that her elderly neighbor announces, oh, I'm taking off in an RV, I'm moving, selling everything I own, I'm moving to Arizona. And this woman thinks, oh my, I think I'm going to go with you because that's a really long drive for you to be taken by yourself. And of course, along the way, they... Um, you know, encounter things, and it's an interesting read. Um, but it was really short, just a Christmas novella, and a little too lighthearted for my taste. So there you have it. That's a little bit of a long bookish chat, but I just thought that was really fun, and hopefully it helps you figure out what it is that you like in a book. Are you looking for playful? Are you looking for suspenseful, adventurous, cathartic? Do you shy away from books that make you laugh or from books away that make you cry? 
I'm sorry, shy away from books that make you cry. I would love to know what you think, um, what you're looking for. I think that would be really fun. You can always shoot me an email, skbell36 at gmail.com. Or when you go to the show notes, you can click on this for episode 33 and just leave a quick comment. And even if it's just three words long, let me know what you are looking for or what you're shying away from. I'm very interested. Since we tackled some more lighthearted and tone books, I felt like it would only be fair to also talk about a really emotional fiction pick. Um, I'm going to talk about The Dead Don't Dance by Charles Martin. This book was so dramatic and so emotional. I was listening to it as an audiobook um, on the treadmill, and I remember at some point, like, kind of half walking, half jogging on the treadmill and like sobbing, um, in a good way, <laughs> which I realized, uh, there's no such thing as sobbing in a good way for some people, but for me there is, and this book definitely gave that to me. So we are looking at a teacher, uh, a male, this is a male protagonist. He's a, a teacher and a, um, kind of farmer and his wife has, um, kind of slipped into a coma, and we're not sure that she's going to make it out. And he is really mostly just really grappling with that and coming to terms with grief and loss and um, on top of that potential grief and loss. And there's just so much going on uh, emotionally in this book. But he's also um, got some cool relationships with his students and with his friend and there's this other big event, you know, it's so hard sometimes, certain books it's really hard to talk about um, without giving spoilers, and I guess this is kind of one of them, but I will say that um, Charles Martin is a wonderful writer. I definitely plan to read more of his books. This book is so deep and moving. Um, there is apparently a sequel, and I guess I'll probably check that out at some point, but it sort of almost disappointed me to hear that there was because this book just felt so complete. Um, when I was finished with it, I was so content with the ending with, you know, from start to finish. So, um, I will be curious to see how the sequel goes, but, um, The Dead Don't Dance, if you like emotional books, really deep books that tackle, um, big abstract, con big abstract concepts. I think this is a really good one. I guess sticking with our theme of deep and emotional books, um, I've got a nonfiction for you that I found to be really fascinating, um, from an emotional standpoint. This is the book, The Complicated Heart by Sarah May. Now, her upbringing is very different from mine. Sarah May, um, came from, uh, a, an alcoholic mother and, um, it's 2022 and we all know now that that is very, um, traumatic and can be very damaging to children and even to adults who have parents, um, suffering from addiction in this way. So, um, it was definitely eye-opening and, you know, really made me stop and think about what it would feel like to grow up in that situation. But she also talked about her um, therapy and 
um, just in general, the lessons she has learned from pastors, from counselors, from so many others, um, for how to overcome not only her trauma from that and other trauma um, that sometimes she got herself into as a result, all kinds of things. Um, I guess I will give the, um, I wouldn't call it a spoiler because it's all over her, you know, social media, but um, she did have an abortion at age 16, which she now regrets and, you know, preaches uh, against in like young women's circles. And, you know, she's very vulnerable and really shares her her story openly on that. So um, you should be aware of that. She's not graphic in description or anything like that, but you should know going into it that this is something um, that she um, did go through as a younger person. And um, she talks about recovering from that as well. And overall, I just found this to be filled with really good tools and information on how she overcame um, emotional pain and emotional trauma, but it wasn't at all preachy. It wasn't, you know, here's what you need to do. It was more anecdotal. Here's what I did, and here's what worked. Um, And I always love having that kind of instant, you know, deep emotional connection with an author, and this book absolutely provided that, Uh, while also kind of expanding my horizons um, opening my heart and my mind up to the plight of others. This is one of the reasons I love to read. Um, Sometimes we don't think about the situations other people have been through or are currently going through until we are kind of forced to. And sometimes books like this really force me to pause and reflect and be more mindful in that way. So um, if that's something you're interested in, check out The Complicated Heart by Sarah May. I have kind of a unique children's recommendation to make today, and I wanted to talk about this since we are coming up on Easter, but I'm not totally certain how to classify it. So the book is, uh, I believe it's pronounced Amon. So it's Amon's Adventure by Arnold Yitried. And I would kind of call this a middle grade, a middle grade biblical fiction, but it's also part devotional And um, it could easily be done as a read-aloud or something that you just hand over to a child. So um, this author has a a series of books just like this that are set around Christmas. Um, And I don't remember, you know, Jesus' birth. I don't remember all of them. I know there's Tabitha's Travels and like Jotham's Journey, I think is, you know, they're kind of alliterations. But I feel like there's one that isn't. Um, so I haven't checked those out, but I have read this Easter one and I really thoroughly enjoyed it. What I will say, I learned about this from Sarah McKenzie of the Read Aloud Revival, and she recommends just skip over the devotions and just read it as a story. And so when I first started it, I was reading the story and then the devotions, and I forget what day you're supposed to start it. Of course, you don't have to follow that, right? But it's designed where you can start it on a specific date and you read a chapter each day until Easter. And so it's laid out as a, you know, fictional chapter and then there's a devotional portion at the end of each chapter. So when I first started reading it, I was doing it that way. And then 
Um, we went on a trip and I forgot it at home. So I had missed a couple days and I kind of was rushing through it and I skipped the devotional portions and just read the, um, you know, fictional passages. And I found that to be a little more enjoyable. And I, I hope that doesn't sound terrible because, um, I think the author has done a wonderful job here, but I kind of did prefer to just read it as the fiction and then reflect later in the day on the devotional aspect. So you can do whatever you want to do, but that's my um, piece of information. That's what worked for Sarah McKenzie, and that's what worked for me as well. I feel like if you're going to do this as a read aloud, probably you want your youngest child listening to probably be like nine or 10 years old and up. It's not, um, in some ways it might be boring for your younger kids, um, but just in general, you know, it's about the Easter story and it's sad and kind of painful for the littler children to um, experience in a more vivid way. So that's a really good recommendation for kids, but even for adults and teens, if you're doing it as like a family style thing or if you're just reading it for yourself, i I'm a grown-up, and I really enjoyed it. So definitely something to check out if you're able to check it out in time for Easter. Even if you're not, I know I like to read the Christmas story and the Easter story just about any time of year. So pretty much you could enjoy it whenever you want to. Amon's Adventure by Arnold Yeetreed. That is our show today, Bookworms. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you, as always, for listening. I love your messages, your emails. I just love chatting books with you, and I love getting to share the books that I have enjoyed, and I especially love hearing when you do check one out and it's a home run for you. So um, I would love to hear from you. You can email me, skbell36 at gmail.com. You're always welcome to um, leave a comment on the show notes page. I would also really love to hear what kind of tone you like in your books. Are you looking for something lighthearted? Do you want to feel scared, excited? Do you want to connect emotionally and feel all the feelings? Do you shy away from anything that will make you cry? I would love to hear about that. As always, you can connect with me on my blog, authorskbell.com. You can also connect with me on Pinterest, where I am skbell. No, I'm author skbell on Pinterest. I am skbell on Goodreads. And you can also find me on YouTube. Uh, My channel is The Christian Bookworm. I hope you all have a great day today, bookworms. And I hope that at some point involves you curling up with a good book. See you next time.